You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode 73, and today we're talking about keys to creating a successful team. You know, as leaders, our success is going to be defined and it's going to be measured through our team. Really, we're only going to be successful as we work together with a great team of people. Very few leaders accomplish anything by themselves. We accomplish great things by working with and through our team. So today we're going to be talking about creating a team, and I want to share some a little bit of background um, from, from my own life and my career in law enforcement, and it might kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. When I was a sergeant when the, in the police department, I'd been a sergeant for a few years, and I was chosen to uh, create a brand new unit within special operations. And if you know anything at all, about law enforcement or government work, to be able to create something new from scratch is very rare. This is really a once in a lifetime or a once in a career opportunity for, for most people, and, and most people don't even get that once in a lifetime shot. So it was a, a real privilege to be chosen to command this new unit, but also to be given the privilege of creating it and building it from the ground up. So I got to hand pick uh, most of the officers that came to work in this unit. And um, it was a fairly small unit to start with. I, I, had, I was a sergeant. I had two corporals, 10 police officers, my secretary, and then and me. And, you know, there were some months that this small unit made more arrests and wrote more tickets than all of the officers in entire precincts, precincts that had two and three times the number of officers that we did. And there were some months that we we outproduced entire precincts. And these were good quality arrests. And, you know, success brings its own challenges. And our incredible success caused the police department's brass to reasonably assume that if we could do that well with a few officers, we could really make an impact if we had more officers. So we went from being a small, quick-reacting quick unit to a bigger, slower, more institutionalized section of the police department. They added another layer of management that changed the way we work. And even though we were bigger, our productivity began to slowly drop. And so I begin to look and say, okay, what has changed? Why, why have things changed so much? And, and, you know, one of the reasons that we had been so successful was that I had been very specific and I had a very specific formula that I used in selecting officers for the unit. And as the unit got bigger, I didn't always have the final say in who was added to the team because they added other supervisors and other managers. And so I had input but there were several others who participated in the decision process. And, 
There were some officers that were subsequently added that were huge mistakes that I said up front were going to be huge mistakes, and they came to the unit and did not perform well and contributed to to our, our lack of success over, over time and our numbers going down in the number of arrests. But here's, here's the formula that I used when I was initially building my team. And this formula is going to translate well into most companies, organizations, even into churches. I've used the same formula in, in, in selecting leaders from within churches or volunteers. So um, basically it's the three C's. The first C is that of character. The first thing that I want are team members that I can trust to do the right thing. I don't want people just to do things right. I want men and women who are going to do the right thing. You know, in a police setting, the supervisor can't ride around with their officers all day. Um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where if you can't trust your officers... Uh, it, it's just not going to be a good situation. So you really want people that you can trust, people that have character. I don't want to have to worry about what my people are doing when I'm not around. The reason that these people were chosen was because I knew their character or I was able to get good recommendations from their previous supervisors. So we always want character. We don't want to have to worry about um, somebody misbehaving or not working or, or, or not doing what they need to do. So character is very, very important. Number two, the second C is chemistry. You know, when I'm putting a team together, I select people that I want to be around. There were a lot of talented, experienced officers that wanted to come work with us. As our reputation grew, many officers wanted to come in and, and, and work with us. But in many cases, in fact, most cases, the chemistry just wasn't there. You know, workplace drama can be eliminated or reduced if we just pay attention to this simple ingredient in the hiring process. And because what we'll do a lot of times is we'll look at somebody's resume, we'll get recommendations, and we'll see, my goodness, this person is so incredibly talented. They've got, you know, this experience or this degree or um, you know, they're exactly what we need for this job. But if we don't want to work with them, if other people don't want to work with them, then we're really hurting ourselves and we're actually injecting poison into our team. We want to create chemistry. And so what I found was, um, you know, the first two years before they exploded our unit and you know, added these other layers of management, started adding people that, that ended up causing problems. But during our first two years, our unit had very, very little interpersonal conflict. Everybody liked each other. Everybody got along. And so they worked so much harder. Now, listen, you don't always have control over this. And you don't always have the ability to... Um, to, to, to limit personal conflict. And, and, you know, listen, we don't all have to be buddies to get the job done. But it sure helps when the chemistry's there. And we were so fortunate that we had this chemistry. In fact, during my entire 30-year career in law enforcement, I never saw this kind of, kind of chemistry, um, except in these two years with this unit. So look for this element of chemistry. And just to give you a quick example, um, we were, we were conducting interviews one day for, for a position in the unit. And, you know, we had 
four or five people that were really close. Um, you know, we really weren't sure who to pick. And we had one guy come in who was an Asian, and he had just a great resume, but, you know, really we had four or five really, really good people. And so the officer came in. He had is a Vietnamese background. And so I said, well, look, tell me a little bit about yourself. And he said, uh, oh, well, I was a, a, a computer guy. I was an IT guy before I got into law enforcement. So, so I was really a computer gook. And we realized he had just made a great joke on himself. And, of course, I laughed and thought, you know, that's very funny. And that was the thing that got him the job. And it turned out he was an incredible fit in the unit. He worked hard. Um kept us all laughing, but again, looking for the correct chemistry goes a long way to creating that kind of um, uh, lack of drama that you need in the workplace. None of us need drama at work. So the first character we mentioned is, the first C that we mentioned is character. The second C that we mentioned is chemistry. And then the third C is competence. Now, competence is important but I rank it last. Of course, there are certain skills required for any position that you're hiring for. But I'll take somebody that's got good character and good chemistry who might not be quite as knowledgeable yet in the job. If they're willing to work hard, if they're willing to learn, then we can work together. You know, when I was assembling my team in the Special Operations Unit, I looked for younger, less experienced officers. Other supervisors said I was crazy because there were there were some really experienced, gung-ho, good officers that were trying to come work for me. But you know, I found that I got better results when I found passionate young officers who were willing to come and learn. Because what I looked for was somebody that was highly motivated. And if they were willing to work hard, I knew that I could train them and the rest of my team could train them to, to become competent sooner rather than later. And this also, and this is something we don't think about, but this is so important, this also gave us the opportunity to train them the way that we wanted them trained. Less experience meant less bad stuff to unlearn. And our success proved that this approach worked. Many of those team members that stayed with me for several years ended up taking big career steps later because of how well they had performed for me. I was able to give them great recommendations. We saw many of these officers get promoted. We saw many of these officers go to um, some high-profile positions and get some great other jobs within the department. Now, obviously, there are many workplace situations where you are given an existing team and you just have to make do with what you've got. Very often, you have little or no input in who's on your team. And this requires a whole different set of skills in molding them into an effective team of police officers or salespeople or firefighters or engineers or even a church staff. But building a great team, whether you're able to have input into who you're, who's on your team or whether you inherit a team, building that team, training that team, and getting that team to work together is one of the things that defines great leadership. Well, now it's your turn. What are some other things that you look for people in, look for things in, in, in people when you're building a team? What are some qualities that you look for in people? I'd love to hear from you.
Can you think of any more other than these three, character, chemistry, or competence? Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comments section for today's post. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will make sure that you don't miss a single issue. And subscribers get my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. Now it's time for this week's resource highlight. My book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond, talks about leadership, personal productivity, management, supervision, team building, and so much more. Check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's a quick read. I designed it for busy people. The chapters can all be read in about one or two minutes. And this book will help you go to the next level in your leadership. Well, until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you, my friends, to pursue your passion.